0: We welcome you back to Senior Moments with Bob Johnson. Today's installment, Episode 2, is entitled The Agony and Ecstasy of Authorship. Bob discusses the joys and perils of actually developing a story, crafting the narrative in book form, and achieving actual publication and book distribution. Bob Johnson has authored and published two novels to date, This Violent Land, which is a historical fiction, and The Great Buddha Heist, a fictional crime and adventure tale. In addition, he has co-edited with his wife Suzanne an authentic diary account from the post-Civil War era entitled Bitter Freedom. We shall provide more detail regarding the availability of his works at the conclusion of his remarks. With his obvious success as an accomplished author, I am pleased to present your mentor and host Bob Johnson with The Agony and Ecstasy of Authorship.
1: Hi, today we're going to talk about books. Books are uh, one of the wonderful ways we have of learning things. They're not as popular as they used to be, but in some respects, because of the introduction of the technological changes, such as the the laptops and the social networks and the the, uh, smartphones and all those other things that uh, divert people from sitting down with a good book. But quite frankly, on a cold winter evening, sitting by the fire, I'd much rather sit down with a good book in that comfortable chair uh, and uh, and fall asleep. And the same is uh, true at night going to bed, into bed. It's kind of hard to take a laptop into bed with you. At least I wouldn't do it. Cicero is uh, supposed to have said, a house without books is like a body without a soul. That's very profound. And uh, I hope that... Uh, Uh, You'll be able to catch some of my enthusiasm for books in the course of this uh, brief podcast. And perhaps even more so, I hope that when I finish, you may very well feel, well, maybe I'll give it a try after all. Many people have said to me, and I suspect to you too, someday I'm going to write a book. And I have found that very few of those people, and you probably have had the same experience, Very few of those people who are going to write a book ever get around to doing it. Uh, The late Irma Bombeck, for example, said, You know, you can spend all the time you want thinking about what a wonderful title you're going to have for that great book you write next, but uh, sooner or later you have to sit down and start writing it. And uh, that's the hard part. I think it might have been A.O. White, it was certainly some profound, well-known author who said, what you do on a book to get started is you apply posterior to chair now the author white didn't happen to use the word posterior but this is a family podcast so i had to clean it up a little bit but the point is you have to sit down and start writing <laughs> somerset mom uh, i'm quoting a lot of people here but somerset mom said writing a book is easy all you do is pull out a piece of Plain paper and I grab a pencil or a pen, and you'd stare at that piece of plain paper until little beads of blood come out on your forehead, and uh, that that would be the agony part of it. And there is such a thing as writer's block. Incidentally, before I get rolling any further on the book subject, I I want to refer back to my first podcast a while back about uh, being a human guinea pig and being exposed to an atomic bomb explosion by my government, uh, and yours too, uh, by, uh, without any protective gear back in 1951. Fortunately, I didn't suffer any severe uh, consequences from that experience. Uh, friends sometimes ask me after they hear the story, do you glow in the dark? And my answer is always, no, I do not definitely glow in the dark. Not anymore, anyway. You might well ask, well, who is this guy, Bob Johnson, who's trying to give me advice on how to write a book? Uh, What are his credentials? Has he been a uh, a, uh, literature professor in college? Uh, Has he taught creative uh, writing in graduate school? And I have to confess, neither of those is true. My last creative writing course was probably in high school. And uh, I learned all about production control in graduate school, but I didn't learn anything about creative writing. But the fact of the matter is my credentials have to lean on the fact that I've written a couple of books that got published. And the first one uh, uh, has been moderately successful. A lot of people have read it, uh, several thousand as far as I can tell. And the second book just came out. so uh, And I'm going to tell you about how those books came about and how I came to write them, hopefully, hoping that you may understand from what my experience was just how easy it would be for you to get started on writing that book you've been thinking about for all of these years. Several years ago, in fact it was about uh, 15 years ago to be exact, when I was in my mid-70s, my wife's cousin up in Annapolis, Maryland said he'd been digging through a trunk in his basement, uh, and uh, he came up with a journal which was written by his great-grandfather, and my wife's grand, great-grandfather, the same person named William Stone, in this journal talked about his experience for four years while he was an agent of the Freedmen's Bureau right after the Civil War. Now, I don't know whether you've heard about the Freedmen's Bureau, but uh, 99% of our American people haven't the slightest idea what it was. Now, I'm not going to tell you more about the Freedmen's Bureau, um, except that... Uh, uh, it was a kind of a misguided but well-intentioned attempt by Congress to turn four and a half million people of uneducated slaves into law-abiding, full-fledged, uh, responsible citizens uh, in a couple of years. Uh, it, uh, it, it it didn't work. But uh, the experiences of William Stone were recorded in this journal of about 200 handwritten pages, uh, which my wife and I... Uh, painfully recorded. I, I'll give you more information about the Freedmen's Bureau in some future podcast, but I don't want to get diverted at this point. We worked our way through it and found it to be such a profound, profound explanation of what was going on in our nation in the few years right after the Civil War that we typed it up, and after deciphering all the words, handwritten words of 150 years uh, duration, Uh, and uh, we distributed it to our family members. They were all appreciative, so much so that our cousin up in uh, Annapolis uh, went into that trunk again and came up with six little books. What were they? They were the diary that William Stone, our uh, protagonist of the first one, uh, had written, and uh, he talked about uh, what it was like to be a soldier in the Civil War, uh, starting as a private and winding up as a major. Wounded three times in uh, in a total of four battles. Uh, And uh, he did such a good job that we did the same thing with that material and uh, distributed it to the family. Well, now our cousin up in Annapolis said, I'm going to go and look in that trunk again. And he found a diary that this William Stone had written when he was just a broth of a lad starting at 10 years old up in Bolton, Massachusetts, the son of a congregational minister. And uh, he uh, he continued writing in that diary every day, talking about his loves with the, uh, the young schoolgirls and uh, working on his father's farm, which his father needed to operate to supplement his pay as a congregational minister. And uh, about this point, we we, re, we went through this and uh, recorded it and passed it out to the family. And I said, Bob Johnson, you've been talking about writing a book for seventy well for sixty five years anyway. Now is the time to do it. You've got all the material in the world. Uh, however, it would have been a very dull book if we just recorded his uh, musings uh, about his experience as a boy. And uh, so we, I invented some dialogue. Uh, I invented some characters and uh, wrote the book. Uh, I'll tell more about the details of writing a book later. But uh, uh, the fact of the matter is, when I finished the book, I had about 450 pages. Uh, of uh, material. Uh, I had no idea how to get a publisher, but I sent uh, uh, a summary of the book plus a few sample chapters out to half the, or about a dozen publishers. And one of them, lo and behold, said, I'd like to publish your book. Uh, most of the others didn't even respond to my inquiry, but uh, I was so happy about this one. But she did have one proviso. You have to cut it by about 35 percent. Oh, is that ever tough? It, it, once you've written a book, it becomes part of you. And I had to uh, saw the baby in a half, in a sense. The Battle of Gettysburg went from three pages, which William, uh, William Stone had a very active role in. It went from three pages to three sentences, and that broke my heart. But I had to do it if I wanted this lady to, uh, who ran a small publishing house up in North Carolina to publish my book. She did. It got published. I had the fun of... Uh, going to give book talks and uh, have book signing adventures in various places. And uh, unfortunately, the woman who ran the publishing house has since retired, so I can't go back to her with my second book. Incidentally, one of the uh, organizations I contacted, one of the publishers was the, uh, the publishing unit at the University of South Carolina, the, the uh, University of South Carolina Press, Some very nice people. They wanted to publish This Violent Land, which was the title title of my first book, uh, but they felt it had a little too much fiction for a university uh, press to publish. So they uh, asked if they could publish his journal of his experience in the uh, Freedmen's Bureau uh, as an academic resource to people who were studying that period of American history. My wife and I edited it. got uh, the, the words to be the very best we could from what he had written. And a, a professor at Kansas State University wrote an introduction for it, and it has done well among academic circles. Obviously, there aren't all that many people out there who want that much detail, but uh, uh, they've sold a lot of those books to people, and there are a lot of uh, information that a lot of people now know about William Stone and his life, uh, which was a very remarkable life. Uh, than ever would have if this hadn't happened. Well, okay, uh, rested on my laurels for a few years and then got to thinking about an experience I had way back in the 1990s when my wife and I visited the museum, uh, actually a a, a temple uh, in uh, Bangkok, Thailand as tourists. And we saw a seated Buddha weighing five tons. It was solid gold. Uh, in the uh, in the book I wrote as a result of this, uh, tell the history of how it got to be five and five tons of solid gold in that temple, but it got to uh, it got my mind started working, and I said, "By golly, it would be interesting to see how you could steal that." My one of my daughters says I have an evil mind, or at least a criminal mind, and so uh, I sat down and started working on it. I was in my late eighties at this point, and uh, did wind up writing a book, which I'm very happy about. Uh, it just came out a few weeks ago uh, in, uh, at the end of December in uh, 2018. Uh, it was. Uh, it's a story of, uh, uh, that involves a lot of characters, uh, and, uh, and I think it has a very nice ending. So I'm happy with the book, and I'm hoping it will do well. I think it may very well... Uh, do well on ebooks uh, which are pretty popular, and it's a kind of book that will go well. One big difference between those two books, the second one had much shorter chapters, reflecting the shorter attention span that seems to be the case with people today. At any rate, uh, you the fact is, going back to the general idea, you do have to, to actually write the book. And here I have to pause for a moment and say I'm sorry to my, history, my uh, high school English teacher because she would not have been happy because when I said to actually write, I split an infinitive which was abhorrent to her and uh, kind of became to me. Uh, she also was very upset if you ended a sentence with a preposition. And uh, I'm told that those rules don't apply much anymore but my all-time historical hero, Winston Churchill, at one point uh, received uh, a note from one of his people who complained about something that had been written with a preposition at the end of a sentence, and Winston Churchill scrawled on it. This is the sort of nonsense with which I will not put, just to demonstrate that sometimes you do need to have a preposition at the end. Before I start with the specifics of how you're going to write your book, I might mention a cartoon I saw in the New Yorker one time. The man was sitting reading a book in his uh, easy chair in his living room, and his wife was standing next to him, and she was saying, I thought you said when you quit your job to do a book, you really intended to write one. There was another cartoon in the uh, New Yorker, which I will mention even though it has nothing to do with writing books. uh, The woman answers the uh, door after the doorbell rang, and she opens the door, and there stands the... Angel of Death, the Grim Reaper. He's got his scythe and he's got his hood and he's got his black uh, cape on him. And she jumps back and says, oh, no. And he puts up his hand and he says, relax, I'm here for your toaster. Uh, At any rate, that struck me as funny, but it has nothing to do and there's no extra charge for it in this podcast. Moving into the specifics, I'm going to give you some handy dandy ideas on how to get started on your book because you do have to start eventually. You sit down with that piece of paper or at your computer, which is probably more likely, or your laptop, and you think, well, what do I want to write about? I'm going to write about uh, uh, something I know, hopefully, or something I'm willing to do research on. Is it going to be fact or fiction? Uh, If you're going to write a textbook, uh, you might as well sign off now because I can't tell you anything about writing textbooks. But uh, fiction I can have some ideas on that may be helpful to you. You have to decide whether you're going to write it in the first or third person. Uh, You've probably all read books where the person says, I am uh, doing this or I am doing that. It's a very difficult way to go about writing a book. I would recommend strongly you go to third person, past tense. Present tense would mean he uh, goes into the room, he sees this, he sees that. That that is very difficult to work with. Go to third person, uh, past tense, you'll find it a lot easier, you can s- switch to some of those other unique ideas in your second and third books if you want. In case you're worried about it, you don't have to have the whole book in your brain before you start writing. Uh, I know in this last book I wrote, uh, I really didn't have a pattern to follow except uh, my own imagination. And sometimes I'd wake up in the middle of the night and say, oh gosh, I think I'm going to do this or that tomorrow. Uh, it's uh, uh, Have a general outline, but uh, don't get too much restricted by following it. You may come up with ideas on new directions to go in. I had no idea how this the great Buddha heist was going to end when I started it. And yet, uh, when I got to the end, I was very pleased with it because it seemed to fit with what had gone before. Your characters are your most important aspects of your f- work of fiction. You cannot start writing a book involving characters without defining what those characters are and what they're like. You should sit down on all of the principal characters in your book before you start writing, just with this general outline in mind, write up a detailed expression of exactly what each of these characters is like, the height, weight, uh, schooling, uh, vocabulary, uh, marital status, uh, attitude toward this or that, uh, religious uh, leanings. Uh, do as much as you can to become acquainted with these people. After, if you do enough of that, pretty soon they almost become friends or people you know. You need to do the same thing with the antagonists. They won't be your friends. But uh, as long as they go to Yale, that's okay. I, all of my books, I have the, the bad people go to Yale for reasons of my own. Uh, at any rate, uh, you're writing. what you're doing is making a picture, you're painting a picture with words, but don't get too much involved in that. I know I've read books, and I suspect you have too, where the uh, hero walks into a room, and you get so much detail about what the room is like, the brocade curtains, and the uh, desk in the middle, and the the lamps over at the side has a lampshade that uh, uh, looks as though it's been around for a long time, and uh, and the floor is a kind of a brown carpet, and it goes on and on. And by the time you get through the word picture, you kind of lost interest in the story. You have to reach a happy medium, kind of a compromise by how much, by how much detail you give. You obviously want to describe your principal characters very well. But uh, uh, as far as the physical surroundings, do your best to explain them without going so far that people lose interest in what the story is all about one important thing i learned uh, by trial and error in my very first book is your hero has got to have some sort of a sidekick i mean uh, what would the lone ranger have done without tonto or or uh, andy griffith without uh, that uh, guy in his office that he had to talk with uh, or any of the other people if you if you want to really have your protagonist get to be known You have to have somebody for them to talk to from time to time. Otherwise, you're always writing about what they're thinking, and that is particularly complicated and difficult and even distracting. But if they've got somebody they are having a constant conversation with, it's a much easier way to explain what kind of a person your various characters are. But your protagonist has got to have a sidekick. It helps with the antagonist too, the villain of the piece, uh, has It really ought to have somebody to work with and uh, and send on uh, terrible errands and that sort of thing. Uh, it's uh, very important to recognize that you've got to have a lot of discipline to do this. Uh, you've got to set aside a particular time to write your book or you'll never write it. I can guarantee it. What I did with the first book and also with the second one is I decided that every day, From 3 to 5 p.m. was going to be totally without interruption of any kind. Unless the house was on fire, I probably would have noticed that. But it was understood in the household that 3 to 5, I was going to be working on the book. And I didn't want anybody to come in and bother me. And I also disciplined myself by saying, I won't get up from this table and go to my evening pre-dinner cocktail until I have written at least two pages I did it all in handwriting. You can do it on your computer and probably do a lot more, a lot faster. But you've got to have that discipline. If you don't, you're going to find multiple excuses on a daily basis for not sitting down to write the book. And once you do that, uh, it's like going swimming every day in a cold pool. It's so easy to think of excuses why not to do it. But it's the only way you're going to get the book written, I guarantee it. But... Eventually, you will get the book finished, and you'll say, oh, boy, now I can send it to a publisher, right? Wrong. You've got to sit down with that and go through it and go through it and go through it and correct little errors, um, rewrite things that you feel could be rewritten better. In other words, edit, edit, edit. It's got to be done very carefully, and then you ask friends and even neighbors to read it and give suggestions on what they think might make it a better book because what you want to do when you go to a publisher is have the very best product you can possibly present because publishers see a lot of manuscripts on a daily basis and yours has got to stand out as the best. I'm sure you have heard about such a thing as writer's block. Because uh, that's, I guess that's the part of the agony that can go with writing a book is because some days you will will actually sit down and, uh, as uh, Somerset Maugham said, uh, have little beads of blood break out in your forehead because you have a tough time. But don't give up because you have it in your brain to get past writer's block and start putting things on paper and uh, start advancing your story. Uh, I would not want you ever to say, "Oh, I guess I've got writer's block. I ought to quit now. Don't you dare do it because uh, it will come. uh, There'll be days when you can't stop yourself writing. You'll do four or five pages uh, in uh, in a couple of hours as I once or twice did. And now you've got a book and you get it into a nice, neat manuscript and you get it properly bound and you send... uh, Uh, a few sample chapters to a number of different publishers. Where do you get the publisher's names and addresses? Your friendly library will have a list of all the current publishers in the United States, and you can just go through it. Many of them have written what kind of books they're looking for, and you pick out, uh, well, let's say a dozen or so and give it a try. And uh, I guarantee if you've written a good book and have done a good job of working at it, you're going to have a publisher say, I'd like to publish your book. There are two types of publishers that I know of, uh, the conventional publisher, which will say, uh, where they'll say, well, I'd like to publish your book, and uh, I'm willing to uh, put the money into it, and I think you have a winner here, Mr. Author. Uh, that's what I had on the first book, and I was very pleased about that, even though I had to cut it so very substantially. And the second book, I thought I'd take it Uh, a little bit easier and self-publish. That means you pay the money up front, but the publisher does all the marketing and uh, supposedly does all of the editing and uh, does a lot of the things that you would have to do with a conventional publisher. I can't say which is the best. Uh, You have to make your own decision based on uh, what uh, your current situation, whether you're willing to spend the time uh, maybe looking a little bit harder for a conventional publisher uh, or, or not. But uh, I'll tell you what, when that book comes through and you pick up in your hand a book that the publisher has put together with a, an appropriate cover and an appropriate story about you and your background on the back of it, there is nothing like the ecstasy that goes with it, quite frankly, except when you start hearing from friends and relatives about having read your book and said, oh boy, you're really good. That's a wonderful feeling. What's the agony? Well, uh, don't expect to be a, make a fortune. If you go into this to make money, you may be doomed to disappointment because uh, uh, unless your name is uh, Tom Clancy or John Grisham, you probably are not going to become rich. But you're certainly going to become famous among your friends and relatives and all the other people in the world who happen to pick up your book and read it. And there's nothing quite like the feeling you get in hearing from a perfect stranger saying, I read your book, and I'm passing it on to my friends and relatives. I think it's a wonderful book. And also, you have the knowledge that long after you've gone on to whatever comes next in life or death, your book will live on, and people will read it, and will enjoy it, and you will be bringing people pleasure long after you've stopped having it yourself. I've been asked whether I ever plan to write any more books, Uh, At age 90, uh, one would wonder whether it's time for me to hang up my uh, stylus or whatever I write with and uh, say that's enough. No, I've got another book rattling around in my head. Uh, And uh, I've already come up with the title, The Accidental Murders. And uh, I'm going to leave it at that because I'm writing about something I know. uh, And uh, uh, I don't want to give away the plot because uh, some of you aspiring writers might decide to beat me to the punch. But at any rate, uh, I I want to tell you that there is great pleasure in being an author. And uh, I want to offer uh, the advice that every one of you who has listened to this podcast has it within you to write a book. If you follow a few simple ideas, you can do it. And uh, all I can do is say goodbye and good luck.
0: This concludes today's episode agony and ecstasy of authorship the written works of bob johnson include this violent land published by bright mountain books incorporated and available on amazon.com the great buddha heist published by durant's publishing company also available through amazon.com or at Durance D-O-R-R-A-N-C-E, bookstore.com. His third book, entitled Bitter Freedom, was co-edited with Suzanne Johnson and includes a foreword by Lou Faulkner Williams. This is published by the USC, or University of South Carolina Press, and is available directly through that publisher. This episode's music selection is entitled Crenoline Dreams by Kevin MacLeod and is available at Incomputech.com We hope you enjoyed today's installment and invite you back for our next episode. Until then, on behalf of your host This is Technician Mr. Ivy bidding you farewell from Senior Moments with Bob Johnson.